Oh, grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, here we are, uh, our third evening of midweek services to be able to gather together in this beautiful theme of a child of promise. It does not end tonight. In fact, it comes to no conclusion whatsoever. Today is only the beginning of our preparation. The time that we have to be able to look forward every day and every hour and every minute of our lives of the Lord that promises not only to come to us in the form of a baby, but also to come back for us again. To have this glorious advent in which he will be revealed to our world once and for all. And you and I will see that promise fulfilled. Do you trust in that promise? Most of us here tonight or gathering online probably can say easily, yes. Yes, I trust in that promise. But there are times that that promise ever seems to maybe smudge a little bit. Maybe fade a little bit. Maybe for some of us, we even doubt it just a little bit. Especially in moments of pain, moments of hurt, moments of, of sorrow. But it's still there. In fact, it's always been there, waiting for us. That promise is delivered not only to you and I tonight, but in that gospel text that we heard, delivered unto Mary in a very special way. If you were here with us on Sunday, Pastor Mark was describing a little bit about that interaction and what that was like for Mary to receive that wondrous and glorious news that she was highly favored in the eyes of God that she had been chosen. And as I said, right where Pastor Mark is uh, now on Sunday, I, I thought about that. Why Mary? Why was she the one that was selected? Why was she the one that was chosen? What was so special to make this woman highly favored in the eyes of God? Sometimes my wife and I watch the show Survivor. Maybe you've watched this before. Pretty simple show. Typically it begins with two teams of total strangers that come together. But in the beginning, they're, they're all individuals. From there, two captains are chosen. And it's the job of those captains to be able to select their team. Now, if you haven't seen the show before, they're put out kind of in a remote area, usually on some type of an island. They have to provide their own shelter. They have to find their own food. They have to have their own protection. And these two teams go up against each other in a battle to see who can be the ultimate survivor until it is brought down to one individual. So in the beginning, when the teams are chosen, usually you would try to select somebody that maybe, oh, I heard they had construction experience. We need to build some type of a, a structure, so I'm going to choose them to be on my team so they can build us some type of structure. So-and-so said that they are a fisherman. We're on an, an island. We're going to need to have some type of food. I'm going to select so-and-so so they can be able to be the individual to catch our food, to be able to prepare that for us. You know, that guy over there looks super strong. I think he would be really good and a lot of the competitions in which we need to maybe lift somebody over a wall or we need to move something heavy. 
You know, that girl over there, she looks super agile and quick. She will be really good in the foot races, really good of crawling over nets. This is how I'm going to select my team. And one by one, they select them until it gets down to maybe individuals who do not seem to have all those characteristics. Individuals who maybe are selected last to be able to be on that team. You want the best on your team, especially when you're going up against someone in battle. So back to that question, why does God choose Mary? Know what God is doing for us in this moment. God is going up in a battle. Not a fun battle like Survivor, but the ultimate true battle of survivors. This ultimate battle up against sin. And I hope God would look down upon this earth and he would select the strongest. He would select the quickest. He would select those who have the, the best aptitude the smartest individuals, the ones who are the wisest, to be able to fight this battle. And so again, I look at Mary last Sunday and tonight, and where does she fit in this? She has no experience of being a mother, and she's the one that's going to take care of the Savior of the world? She doesn't have a background of nobility. She doesn't have a lot whatsoever it would seem. But God looks down and chooses this individual and says, you, Mary, are highly favored. I like that part of the story. I like this part of Advent because it pulls me into the story. God pulls us into the story. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the strongest. You don't have to be anything. God chooses you. Paul tells us that in the New Testament as he goes on to be able to speak to the church. He says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble by birth. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for pointing all those things out. But there's a reason for this. He goes on and he shares. Why does he select that? God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things so that no one can boast before him. Yeah, I really like this part of the Advent story. This is why God chooses Mary. This is why God chooses us. All of these things, all of these Advent promises that we talk about, they're all dependent not on who we are, but they're dependent on who God is. Isn't that the best when we talk about a promise? It's not based upon my word or Pastor Mark's word. It's not based upon the word of anybody within our world. It's based solely upon God's word, upon God's promises. So what does he say tonight to Mary? What are those words that he expresses? This was the verse from our devotion today, if you read it. Actually, the devotion just focused on that final little part there. Then the angel left her, talking about when the angel leaves, we can always depend on God still being with us at all times and at all places, no matter what we're facing. So let's look at the rest of this scripture tonight. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. 
May your word to me be fulfilled. That first part there. I am the Lord's servant. Remember the angel Gabriel comes, shares this word, she has some questions, and this is her final response. I am the Lord's servant. My freshman year of high school, I decided I was going to uh, go out for the football team. Uh, I did this having never played football before. I didn't play when I was in middle school. I didn't play Pop Warner when I was a little tiny kid. Uh, I wasn't the best at being able to catch a football. Definitely wasn't the best at being able to throw a football. I played other sports. I played soccer. I did lots of water sports. But all my friends were going out for the football team, and so I decided I was going to go out for the football team. My friend's dad, we were having dinner at his house one night, and he gave me some advice. He said, whatever they need you to do, you get out there and you do it. You volunteer. You step up, and it'll show that you have that heart. We got out there the first day of practice, and the coach was able to share that for the tryouts, they were going to start having the upperclassmen run all the routes, and that they needed the lowerclassmen, the freshmen, to be able to hold the bag, he said. I just volunteered. My friend's dad said, you got to step in. you got to get in there. So I raised my hand. And I said, I will hold the bag. And so for the next hour, I didn't touch a football. I touched the ground a lot <laughs> over and over again. I'm not kidding. Over and over again. I remember his name was Kinshasa Amos. He was just beating me down left and right on the ground over and over again. And at the end of that day, the football coach came up to me. And he said, thanks for volunteering today. And he said, you're going to be one of the only freshmen starting on our JV team. Just because of that, he started me. He only started me on special teams, but he gave, he gave me a spot, and he let me play every game for the entire year because I took my friend's father's advice and stepped up. Mary does this in our text for today. The angel Gabriel comes to her something much more important than making a football team or making any team. The angel Gabriel comes to her with this great news, which is actually a huge task. Think of the responsibility that is placed upon this young woman. You are going to be the mother, the caretaker of the savior of the world. Sure, she has some, some questions. Sure, she knows she doesn't have the ability to be able to do it. But do you remember those words? I am the Lord's servant. I will do this for you and with you, God. Are you willing in the season of Advent, and again, the time that continues after, to be the Lord's willing servant? It is so easy to say no. It is so easy to say that idea is not going to work or that idea is silly. It's so easy to say that you don't have the abilities, that you don't have the capabilities. It's tough to be able to stand up. Because when Mary does this in that moment, she too picks up that bag. Think about what people must have said about her 
when they would bully her, when they would run into her, the things behind her back. Maybe it wasn't a physical punishment that she took. Maybe it felt that way sometimes. But verbally, the things that people probably said behind her back, the day and the age especially that she lives in, being this unwed young mother, think about all the things that she had to push through, that she had to struggle through, but the whole time saying, I am the Lord's servant. God still looks for that in us today, to be willing participants in his life. He talks about that throughout scripture, about us being servants. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him. Our minds are feeble, finicky. We move from one thing to the next very quickly. God remembers all of these things. God keeps them. All of those things that you have done for others, to be able to share him, to be able to stand up for him, to be able to, to volunteer for him. And we're not doing those things so that God will just look upon us and say, yep, you're, you're my favorite, or yep, you're making it to heaven quicker than so-and-so. No, we do those things because we are the Lord's servants. Because this is a, a privilege for us. And it's not always going to be easy. That's not the story in any of the biblical text, is it? That choosing to be able to follow God's plan, that following his spirit is going to make things easier? That doesn't happen for characters within scripture. Doesn't happen in our lives all the time, does it? It's not always the easiest thing, but it's the right thing, and it's what not people around us may not remember, but it's what our Lord constantly remembers. Are you going to be that willing participant in this time of Advent? Mary goes on. That other statement that she makes, may your word to me be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. There's an old story of a gentleman who's in the desert on an expedition. He finds one of his water containers is leaking significantly. He knows he can't make it, and there's one place there's supposed to be some type of a well, and he gets there, and he finds this old pump. He starts pumping that pump as hard as he can, and squeak, 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 and nothing, just a bunch of dust. He sees this large jar of water right next to it. He was so focused on getting water, he didn't even notice it before. He grabs it, and he's about to turn the cap and drink the entire thing, and he sees a, a note tied to the side. And he opens the note, and on it, it says, this pump does work. However, you must pour this entire jar of water upon the pump to get it primed. He thinks to himself, I know I need this water. I, I want to drink it very badly, but I don't even know where this will get me. And so he decides to trust. He decides to do it. He pours it all over the entire pump. And he begins, and that squeaking is there again. And then it lessens, and it lessens until the water begins to drip and then begins to flow. He drinks up all that he needs. He fills up the correct containers that he 
has, so he has water for his journey. He fills up the jar again and puts the lid on it, and he takes out a little pencil and he adds to the note. He writes, it may be hard to believe, but it works. Trust me. This story of the Lord coming to earth in the form of a baby may be really hard to believe, but trust me, it, it works. But for it to work, you too need to have that trust that the Lord's word will be fulfilled. That's what Mary says, may your word be fulfilled. May your word that you have carried out throughout all generations up until this time now be fulfilled. People throughout all of time have come to this knowledge of being able to trust our Lord. During this time of Advent, are you there? That willing participant who is also going to trust in the Lord. The prophet Isaiah talks about that in our Old Testament text. He says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Twice it's mentioned in there. The Lord is our salvation. You just need to trust. And I know it's hard to believe, but I'm telling you, it works. Because when you trust in God and not of things in this world, your life will be different, I promise. When you trust in God's good news and not the random news of this world, I promise, your life will be different. And when you trust in Jesus Christ as being the salvation for you and for all people, instead of trying to find salvation in things of this world, I promise you, your life will be different. So tonight we bring it all back to looking at that manger, to looking at that news that was gifted to Mary, to be able to remember the Lord calls us tonight too, to be those willing participants who are going to always trust in him. That's what he does for us. A willing participant that leaves heaven and comes to earth so that we may trust in him in all things, knowing that he still trusts in us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to gather here tonight in your place of worship, to be able to hear your word, to be able to hear your promise, and to be able to just dwell in what that means for us. Lord, we know that we are sinful. We confess that here tonight. We know that there are times that we doubt, times that we fear. And so, Lord, we ask that your spirit will change those things in our heart, that we will be those willing participants moving forward, not as a New Year's Eve uh, resolution that we're making or just as a, a time during Advent, but every day. Lord, we give praise and thanks to you for the God that you are in our lives, for giving us and being willing to do anything, even sending your one and only son to this earth. In his name we pray. Amen. <laughs>